destination. Hopefully my son can throw better than a uh, backup wide receiver like Lamar Jackson. But apparently Dak can float your boat. I don't know. I just think that's funny. He's tall, he's handsome, and he's good at football. I'm talking about Josh Allen. Minus two for saying that you were a... Titans uh, fan there for a second. Uh, I'm not a fan. Two on that. Mine's two. You need to buy him a Whopper and watch him eat it on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome, America. Okay. Welcome back to Destination Football. It is another episode of the DFS podcast. Stone Cold Padre, I am here, and my brother Rob is here with me again. What's going on, man? How's everybody doing today? We are back at it for DFS and Prop Bets Week 2. Very excited. Let's start with some best bets. All right, let's get into your best bets for the weekend and then tell us your upset of the week. So my first best bet is going to be the New York football Giants minus two and a half favorites over the Carolina Panthers. I just watched Nick Chubb gash the Panthers last Sunday. I expect Saquon Barkley to do the same thing. I liked what I saw out of New York. I'm going to stick with them at minus two and a half. My second one is going to be the Bengals over the Cowboys. The Cowboys looked inept from the beginning of that game, even with Dak Prescott. They don't have Dak Prescott. Bengals is a high favorite, seven and a half points, but I will still take those points uh, because I think it's going to be a blowout. And then my other ones, I'm going to take the Seahawks at plus nine and a half with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if they're going to win that game, but I'd never seen a Seahawks 49ers game that it has been a 10-point lead in a very long time. So I am going to take the Seahawks with those points. And I do expect that line to change by Sunday, but as it stands tonight, it's at plus nine and a half. So I will take the Seahawks with that. Nine and a half is wild. Yeah, exactly. Surprised to see nine and a half. That's crazy. That's Yeah, that's what I said too. And then my upset, we're going to go all the way to Monday night. I didn't like a lot of underdogs this week to actually win, um, but I do like the Minnesota Vikings, who stand at a two-point underdog right now. I just watched Andre Swift run all over the Eagles, so I expect Dalvin Cook to have a field game that day. Minnesota is much better than Detroit, and I expect that to be a high-scoring game with the Vikings pulling it off. You're expecting a field day, that game, uh, just uh, autocorrect. Uh, I, yeah, I like that. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody today. I don't really remember who. It doesn't really matter. And I was laughing because I was like, the Giants are going to be 2-0. Washington's going to be 2-0. and The Dallas Cowboys are going to be 0-2. What a weird time we're in in, in 2022. Uh, it's but, amazing. Um, the the Bengals minus seven and a half is honestly pretty high too. I'm not sure what the Cowboys are gonna look like with Cooper Rush. 
I did see that last year Cooper Rush did have a start and CD Lamb saw nine targets and Amari Cooper saw 10 targets. So, I mean, maybe the wide receivers won't struggle as bad as we might be expecting. I was kind of wondering if the Cowboys might trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But now I'm hearing Jimmy Garoppolo might be the starting quarterback for the 49ers in a couple of weeks. Uh, I actually kind of wanted to get your take on that. Uh, obviously, Trey Lance, we can't read too much into what the 49ers did on Sunday. That field was atrocious. Uh, there was there was no way to really play your game on that field. But what's your take right now on the Trey Lance situation? So I knew this was going to happen, right? As they said, they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo for a smaller contract. It was basically a safety net. Unfortunately, when you have a young quarterback seven and he has a bad game like he did on Sunday, it's really hard to justify Jimmy Garoppolo sitting behind him. And if he has another bad game against the Seahawks, I can expect many people sitting there calling for Jimmy G to take over, and it would be hard not to justify it. I don't want to see it because I do want to see – we. there's three first-round draft picks in Trey Lance. Like, there is no way – you can sit there and be like, well, we messed up. Like, this is a make or break. It's just if he has another game like he did on Sunday, and you're right, Sunday, it's really hard to sit there and just say he's bad player or anything. But if he has another stud, I can't imagine people not sitting there wondering why Jimmy G is not starting. It's really tough, man, because he's the only quarterback in that draft class of first-round quarterbacks uh, last year that is in that situation where, I mean, he's really only started, what, three? This was his third start, I think. Yeah. Um. So he's got his fourth start coming up, and to say <laughs> it was tough, man, to have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, and then I agree, once they re-signed him, I was like, uh-oh. That's a little weird. It's really hard to. We knew Trey Lance. He only played 13 games in college. We knew he was a raw talent. It's going to take some time to develop and to be three starts into his career to be like, well, we might need to take him out. Maybe it's just another year of learning. I have no clue. Maybe he just doesn't have what it takes. But to give up on a guy with the arm talent he honestly does have, the athleticism, the ability to run the football, it's just, I don't know. It's a little tough to abandon that so early on in his career. Exactly, but they're in a win-now situation, and I can't see them putting up with this too much longer. All right, I like it. Also, Vikings over the Eagles. Uh, I was wondering what the line was. You said minus two. I like that. I like the Vikings a lot. I think their defense is much improved. The defense was kind of their issue over the last few seasons with a defensive head coach, which was always curious. So it's nice to see them uh, put it together a little bit last week against Green Bay. I know Green Bay is, has their own set of issues. but All right, let's move on to the prop bets. All right, I cut it down to five prop bets this week, try to run them out. You know what I've noticed, though? It's a little hard to get prop bets on Wednesday. I looked this morning and I was like, wow, that's because it's, you know, Wednesday. <laughs> well, you know, you see like even like there's game spreads, you know, Monday right. morning and then they could change periodically through the week. I mean, why couldn't that happen with prop bets too? I don't know. Nevertheless, there was enough that we could put a segment together. So let's hit it. First one Thursday night, Josh Palmer with Keenan Allen out this week. 51 and a half receiving yards versus Kansas City. 
I'm going to take over on that uh, high-scoring game on Thursday night. Uh, Mike Williams is going to be your primary. Josh Palmer will probably set up as number two on the outside. I expect the ball to be slinging around with those two quarterbacks. 51 and a half is going to be easily made by Josh Palmer. I might take that up to close to 75. Very interesting. I, in your professional opinion, would you start Josh Palmer as a flex this week or Rashad Penny against San Francisco? Uh, I would take Josh Palmer. Not saying Rashad Penny would be a bad play. Just I expect Josh Palmer to go out tomorrow night and kill it. They're going to have to put up points, that's for sure. Exactly. All right, next one is Nicholas Chubb, 81 and a half rushing yards versus the New York Jets. So this one's interesting. Nick Chubb, 140 yards, I believe, last week. I think that he will hit 81 and a half. He, he did look very dominant against the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if that's saying much or not, but 81 and a half for Nick Chubb is an average game, and I think he can do that easily against the Jets. I uh, totally agree. They're going to definitely hand it off to him as much as they possibly can with uh, Jacoby Brissett. You know what? Jacoby Brissett's not an inaccurate passer. Um, I just, you know, he's getting a little up there in age, and the ball definitely wasn't – he wasn't throwing fastballs, that's for sure. No. <laughs> All right, next one is Scary Terry McLaurin taking on Detroit. If the line is 57 and a half receiving yards. I'm actually going to go under on this one. There's a lot of weapons in Washington that Carson Wentz was throwing the ball around to a lot. Um, I think they're going to rush the ball a little bit more. Antonio Gibson looked really well last Sunday. And I could see him getting close to it. I just don't know if I could see him over that 57 and a half. I'm going to take that as an under. Yeah, you know what? Carson Wentz really dumped it off to Antonio Gibson a whole bunch last week, which I don't remember Carson Wentz doing that a whole lot last year with the Eagles. So it was a little stunning. And as a Jaguars fan, very frustrating to see the way Carson Wentz honestly played this past week. I mean, a couple of Poor throws. The interceptions, obviously, on back-to-back throws were poor. But overall, Carson Wentz uh, looks pretty good. I mean, Washington's offense doesn't look bad at all. Jahan Dotson looked good. McLaurin looked good. Antonio Gibson looked good. Logan Thomas is back and healthy. Next one, this guy looked phenomenal this past week, and I was a little surprised. Michael Carter, 42-and-a-half rushing yards versus Cleveland. I don't know what's going on in that backfield. Michael Carter did look good. You have uh, Brees Hall sitting back there as well. Um, I'm going to go under on this because I think this is going to be a blowout game. And I think Cleveland's going to be up 21-3 to by the time anybody realizes there's a football game on. And they're going to tr- be trying to pass the ball. They threw it over 50 times, I believe, last week. So I expect more of the same. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Carter and Brees Hall combined for 19 targets. They threw the ball a whole lot. Uh, right. I can see Michael Carter definitely being over 80 total yards. But, yeah, I, I think I agree with you on the under 42 and a half. And our last one is old Joseph Burrow coming off that abysmal first game of the season. Two and a half touchdowns versus the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Burrow did not play well. He started putting to get together at the end of the game, but for the most part, he looked 
pretty pedestrian. Dallas's defense actually held up pretty good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two and a half, I'm going to go under. I think he gets two touchdowns. I don't know about that third one. So I'm going to take the under against Dallas. You have to uh, keep in mind the factor of the fountain of youth for Tom Brady. You know, maybe it wasn't Cowboys defense. Maybe, maybe it was Giselle. Maybe it was Giselle. All right, let's move on to the DFS talk. All right, we are talking week two DFS. Now we are on the main slate. That's the games that start Sunday, one o'clock and ends Sunday evening. Did you know there's two Monday night games? Yeah, I just noticed that the today when I was looking at the they lines. They normally do that week one, and I was surprised they didn't do it. And I saw there was two this week. I was like, that's weird. And they're only separated by an hour or something like that. That's very curious. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to complain about an extra game on Monday night. Nevertheless, let's get into this DFS talk. Let's start at quarterback. I want to hear from you first because I thought it was kind of slim pickings at quarterback. So I want to hear who you like this week. It is. Um, I like Derek Carr for a safe play against Arizona. Arizona gave up five touchdowns. I know it's Patrick Mahomes and, you know, he's not Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not Pat Mahomes. But I, Derek Carr still put up 295 yards, two touchdowns last week. Um, I think him and Devontae Adams, that duo is a dynamic duo. And he's sitting at 7,300. I'm going to take Derek Carr as my safe play. That is my main slate quarterback for sure. I mean, up at the top, I think it was Kyler Murray is the most expensive. And sure, you could play Kyler Murray, but I'm not sure the risk-reward is quite there for him. Derek Carr, I do like. Yeah, I just want to throw in Carson Wentz against Detroit as another uh, – a little bit more expensive. He's not too expensive, 7400 but Carson Wentz, after the, the way he tore up Jacksonville a little bit this past week, and uh, the way Detroit looked against Philadelphia on defense, I'm going to go ahead and, and include Carson Wentz as definitely a possible start. Yeah, I mean, Detroit still gave up a lot of points. They looked good, but they still they gave up 38 points. Yeah, Carson Wentz had four touchdowns. He looked good on Sunday. That's why not? 7,400 isn't bad. Yeah, let's go. So Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, that's about as expensive as we're getting. Let's move to a little bit cheaper now and tell us some middle-tier guys that you might be looking at. So I do like uh, Jacoby Brissett this week against the Jets, 6,600. You know, I think the Jets are going to give up a lot of points. Brissett, you know, like you said, he didn't look bad. His age is showing, but I don't think he's going to have to throw the ball deep downfield today, this on Sunday. So Jacoby Brissett. And I'm also looking at Justin Fields against Green Bay. Green Bay looked dismal this week. And Justin Fields, even in that game, I know his stats weren't that great, but he gave up some he had some nice throws. The one of Dante Pettis was a very nice throw. He looked like he was calm in the pocket for as much as he could be. You know, he's sitting at 6,700. So I would take a flyer on him if I'm making a tournament play, trying to save for other people. Definitely. I'm going to throw in Matt Ryan, maybe a bounce back game against Jacksonville. Uh, if you really want to go really cheap, 
Geno Smith costs one hundred dollars less than Brian Hoyer. Well, you can let that sink in. He's at sixty three hundred, and the cheapest quarterback possible, Cooper Rush is sixty one hundred. I mean, if you're gonna take a shot, take a shot. You want to be a millionaire, Cooper Rush sixty one hundred. That'll give you points at least. I don't know how many, but it'll give you points. You know, I considered throwing a lineup together with Cooper Rush in there. Kind of curious to see what happened. I would actually like to share my main slate team with you later because it's interesting. All right, let's move to the running backs. I would just like to get out of the way that the three most expensive running backs all have fantastic matchups. Uh, Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville, Christian McCaffrey against the Giants, and Saquon against those same Carolina Panthers. So we'll just move right past them and let's talk about some middle-tier guys that you're looking at as some smash plays this week. So I got uh, I got Zeke sitting there at 7,100. He's uh, going to be their focal point of that offense. You know, I, I don't trust Cooper Rush to throw the football, so I think Zeke's getting a nice play to this week. Um, Kareem Hunt at 7,000. Just because I think the Cleveland Browns are going to blow out the Jets and Kareem Hunt will probably get a bunch of touches. He also had two touchdowns, I believe, last week. Nice little vulture guy. So 7,000 isn't bad. And then I got 6,300 for Jeff Wilson, who is the starting running back for San Francisco right now with Elijah Mitchell out. So sitting at 6,300. Denver had a nice running game, minus two fumbles on the goal line. Javante Williams was kind of gashing them for a little bit. So I expect Jeff Wilson to have a nice game. Speaking of Javante Williams, 11 receptions in week one. He is 7,300 yeah. taking on Houston, who is absolutely susceptible to a big game from the running back. I like Javante Williams this week. And Antonio Gibson's right there too, 7,400. If he's going to see seven catches, uh, that's pretty good at 7,400. Well, let's get a little bit cheaper now. What are some cheaper guys that you like on this slate? So I already said Jeff Wilson. I think that's probably the cheapest I would probably go this week. Damian Harris sitting at 6,000 against Pittsburgh uh, with uh, Watt being out for a little bit. That defensive line isn't as good as it should be. And J.K. Dobbins is supposed to suit up, and he's sitting there at 6,000. And that's – I don't know what you're going to get from J.K. Dobbins. I don't know how healthy he truly is. But sitting there at 6,000, I'd take a flyer on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Ravens need running backs, that's for sure. Kenyon Drake looked terrible. Mike Davis is always terrible. Uh, not a lot you can do with that. So if J.K. Dobbins can suit up, I'm sure he's going to get at least 10 carries, and we'll see what he can do with that. For me, I, I really like Josh Jacobs against Arizona, which is not something that has ever come out of my mouth before. He is 6,600, but I think he's due for a couple of touchdowns this week. Jamal Williams at 6,400. If, if DeAndre Swift does not go, he was currently questionable with a hamstring, I believe. 6,400 against Washington. Jamal Williams might have standalone value himself if you feel the need. Uh, clearly looks like the, the goal line back for Detroit at the very least. I really like Damian Harris, which is another thing that I never thought would come out of my mouth. 6000 taking on Pittsburgh. Ramondre Stevenson, if you want. It was a little cheaper at 5600 And my man, Travis Etienne, at 5800 Let's move on to the wide receivers. And again, 
I like to get it out of the way. The three most expensive wide receivers are all in fantastic matchups. Cooper Cup against Atlanta, Devontae Adams against Arizona, Jamar Chase against Dallas. So let's move right past them. Tell me some middle-tier guys you're eyeing up this week. So Jerry Judy had an impressive game on Monday night. Um, I expect more of the same from that. 6,300 sitting there, you know, 75 yards and a touchdown for 6,300. It's not bad. I also got Jarvis Landry still sitting there at 6,100, who was the main focal point of that offensive attack for New Orleans. So he doesn't have a favorable matchup against Tampa Bay, but if he keeps throwing on the ball like that, why not? And uh, Corey Davis sitting there at 5,900. Someone's got to catch the ball eventually down there. So I expect them to be coming from behind, like I said, against Cleveland. Now I would take a flyer on Corey Davis as well. Very interesting. I would like to get out of the way. A spoiler alert. The Saints wide receivers are my sit of the week this week, taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry. Honestly, I couldn't decide, but one of the two is definitely the sit of the week. Spoiler alert for the preview episode. But, I mean, if somebody's, you know, they're not going to not throw the ball. Jarvis Landry was their leading receiver. Also, Corey Davis did lead the Jets in receiving this past week, but that could be Elijah Moore this week. That could be Garrett Wilson this week. But, hey, again, if you're trying to win a big tournament, take a flyer. Why the hell not? Uh, also, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, both of them. I like both of them. Cortland Sutton's a little more expensive than Judy at 6800 But, nevertheless, take a shot. A guy I'd like to bring up with T. Higgins out this week is Tyler Boyd, 6600 taking on Dallas if you want a cheaper option in that Bengals offense. Devin DuVernay is still 5900 I'm not a big believer in Devin DuVernay, but if – he can repeat what he did last week. That's a good play at 5,900. Allen Robinson, spoiler alert again, my start of the week, is 5,700 taking on Atlanta. Uh, Matt Stafford did not even look at Allen Robinson. It wasn't like Allen Robinson wasn't getting open. It's not like they weren't. he wasn't running routes. He was out there on the field, 97% of plays, and just Matt Stafford did not look his way. I believe Sean McVay is going to make it a point to try and get Allen Robinson the football this week. And I think he can have a huge game against Atlanta. And one more real cheap name I want to bring up is Kadarius Tony taking on Detroit. This sounds crazy. Kadarius Tony played seven snaps on Sunday. Seven. He had two carries, did not receive a target or a reception. Those two carries, Kadarius Tony looked electric. I was like, why is he not getting the ball more? It doesn't make sense. I understand Kadarius Tony's a bit of a knucklehead. I'm sure coaches have a hard time liking Kadarius Tony, but he is super talented with the football in his hands, and I don't think it makes too much sense for the Giants to keep him on the bench. Dable said he wasn't in on most of the packages that they ran, that they have packages he's in, and they weren't running them this week. That's very interesting to me. I don't know what that means. But if Kadarius Tony can just get on the field for 40% of the snaps, 20 snaps in the game, I think he could, you know, churn out. 80 yards, maybe break a long touchdown. Kadarius Tony at 5,100. 15 points is 3X. Give him a shot. The only other guy I got sitting there is Drake London in a game I think is going to be a high-scoring game, 5,600. Uh, Marcus Mariota looked pretty good. I can't believe I just said that. He looked decent. So Drake London sitting there 
against the Rams where they're going to have to score a lot of points. I believe this is a bounce back game for the Rams. So I expect Atlanta to at least be throwing the ball. I would like to follow up on something that took place on yesterday's episode. I announced to the all of America uh, that despite me calling him the 65th best quarterback in the NFL, I was attempting to trade for Marcus Mariota in my dynasty league due to the Dak Prescott injury and my scrounging for a new quarterback. Uh, I, I, I committed and executed that trade today, and I am now the proud owner of Marcus Mariota, and I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, it cost me a second-round pick and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which is not as much as I wanted to pay, but I, I didn't feel like I had a ton of options. I did get Cooper Rush also off waivers, but I was a little bit worried that they are going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I also have a trade offer in for Jamie Garoppolo, just in case I'm just loading up on backup quarterbacks at this point. But uh, until Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott come back, I'm a little shitty at quarterbacks. So uh, <laughs> let's go Mariota. Why not? All right, let's talk about some tight ends. Getting it out of the way, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, most expensive tight ends this week. They're smash plays. They have great matchups. If you want to spend up on tight end, go ahead and spend up on tight end. Let's talk about some cheaper guys. Who are some cheap tight ends you're eyeing up this week? I'm going to say Cooper Rush is probably going to throw to mid-tier you know, level of the field. Dalton Schultz, 5,600, is sitting there. Uh, Cincinnati gave up to 27th worst against the tight ends this last week i expect more of the same so we're gonna go with dalton schultz also hayden hurst in the same game sitting there at 5300 uh joe burrow can't have as bad as a game as last time so for 5300 i'll take that as well Hayden hurst saw a lot of targets in that game as well. yeah i mean no matter how joe burrow played especially with t higgins out like i said you know tyler boyd if you want to take a shot but i think hayden hurst is gonna see a lot of that those middle-of-the-field routes that uh, T. Higgins might have been seeing. I was very impressed with Hayden Hurst this past weekend. I mean, Zach Ertz, 5,200 against Las Vegas. I just want to throw in there that um, if Dalton Schultz is 5,600, I don't care what the matchup is. I'll play him every time. (laughs) And I am still a big believer in Evan Ingram's potential, especially at 4,900. He's – I mean, he's a candidate to have a 40-yard touchdown. It's tough to – it's tough to compete at the tight end position, especially at 4,900 with that. The third most expensive tight end, did you see who it was? Darren Waller. It was Taysom Hill, oh, who, who saw zero that's... targets. Oh, uh, no, he had one catch for two yards. I'm sorry. One catch for two yards this past week. Uh, I have I have a question for you because I kind of started picking up Taysom Hill in every single league that I have because I'm not a guy who drafts tight ends early. But would you rather have a tight end that you're hoping scores a touchdown or a tight end that's guaranteed five touches a game? Well, as a guy who has Taysom Hill in two of my leagues, I would like to have somebody who has five touches a game. Yeah. Um, the make or break thing is – I hate tight ends. I really hate tight ends. Same. I, I, I wish I, tight ends would go I proclaimed that away. very loudly last night on the podcast. Every year I try to vote tight ends out. But um, the whole touchdown or bust for tight ends is, eh. 
I mean, I'm I'm also not a guy who's gonna you know pick a third round pick for Travis Kelsey. That's not happening. So I do have Taysom Hill in two of my leagues though, and I'll play him. Travis Kelsey was going in the first round. That's what I know. All right. Nevertheless, yeah, uh, those are you know we kind of have the same feeling on tight ends. Let's talk about that defensive play of the week. We're only gonna I'm only gonna talk about one, just like I did last week. And how about you? So, obviously, Cincinnati versus Dallas. Dallas just looks awful right it's now. Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So, the only other one I'm going to bring up is the Browns versus the Jets, who's sitting at 4,700. But I don't think you need to spend that much this week when Cincinnati's sitting there at 3,900 against Dallas's B squad. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. Let's move on to the Thursday night competition. All right, we are back for the second edition of the Thursday only competition on FanDuel. Right now, Rob is 1-0, beating me last week. That is fair. We have five players. We have an MVP. I'm going to let you go first this time. My MVP and my first player is going to be Patrick Mahomes. 17-5, very high, but he threw five touchdowns last week, and I don't expect that to stop. I have Travis Kelsey at 1,400 because that's the only guy that I trust to actually get the ball in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns, and he threw them to four different people. So I got Travis Kelsey, and then I'm going to go with a Josh Palmer for 7,000. Mike Williams for 12.5, and we'll finish off with Gerald Everett at 9,500. Yeah, I like all of those plays. My MVP is Pat Mahomes, same as you, 17.5. I also fit in Justin Herbert into my lineup, so I want both quarterbacks. That's always fun. To do that, it cost me putting in Josh Palmer at 7,000 which honestly is really good value for who should be the number two receiver this week for the Chargers. I also went with Jarek McKinnon at 6,500. He had a 50-50 split with CEH in in meaningful snaps this past week, and I think he's probably, honest to God, the passing down guy for the Chiefs in those spread packages. It's Jarek McKinnon on the field. And then because of how cheap I went on those last two, I was able to also get Travis Kelsey into the lineup. So really the three most expensive players. And then I just had to spend down. But honestly, spending down, I see a lot of value there also. So that is my team. We do have some guys who are different. I did really want Gerald Everett in my lineup. But Josh Palmer is so much cheaper. You also had Josh Palmer, I guess. But uh, Yeah, I'm stocking up on the Chargers this Thursday. Faith in Mike Williams that I just hate how God he'll probably have four touchdowns this week, but it's like, you know, two for 19 and Keenan Allen didn't even play most of the game. Like, what is that? I'm only putting him in there because Keenan Allen is not playing. So he will take Keenan Allen's spot in that number one. Is he? I guess. I just, I mean, he didn't last week. It was freaking DeAndre Carter. I feel like Mike Williams just has potential, and everyone keeps saying there's potential, and it never happens. Well, he'll just snap for nine for 181 and three touchdowns, like three games in a row, and then he'll disappear again. Right. It's very frustrating. Well, I guess that's it. 
All right. Any final thoughts on uh, the week two ahead? Maybe uh, week one memories? I did really bad in week one. <laughs> Thursday oh, you know was what? I, I really screwed up because I was supposed to listen to our episode last week and know how we did. You know what I mean? Like picking these guys. That's what, you know, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I forgot to do that part. It's okay. I forgive you. Well, hopefully all of America forgives me too. Nevertheless, this was the DFS Prop Bet episode week two, Destination Football.